You know, we live in some crazy times now. We live in, in some really crazy times that's hard to kind of keep up with. And this last week was what I would call kind of a crazy and wild week beyond uh, having so many of us on staff that have been sick. My wife and I were out sick this week and dealing with that. But one of the biggest things that happened that took up a lot of our time is we had our ministry bank accounts breached by several fraudulent charges, forged checks to the tune of over $27,000 this last week. Now, we're still working through all of, of the stuff with the bank. We're working through it. It's created a nightmare of problems, closing bank accounts, and how do we make sure the checks that we've issued are covered, opening new bank accounts, changing. If you know that today, there's a whole different world when you change bank accounts. You got, there's online account, there's things that we have to do. It's just been a, a nightmare, but we're working through this with our bank. And we're working through this to get our money restored. I mean, no, God is a restorer, and we just believe that all, everything will be restored. And uh, But we live in crazy times. The reason I mentioned that to you is because we live in crazy, wild times. My grandmother used to say, we live in perilous times, children. How many know we live in perilous times? The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.1, But know this, he says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. That's a promise. Perilous times will come. Perilous, the word perilous means dangerous. It means risky. There's times of danger and risk that will come in these last days. I uh, I'm, I lead a men's group, a breakfast, and uh, that we, every Friday we meet. And we've been going through this book called "Where Do We Go From Here" by Dr. David Jeremiah. How many of you know Dr. David Jeremiah? Okay, he's a trusted author. He's a trusted pastor, uh, theologian, I would say. And uh, I I would encourage every one of you to get and read this book because it talks about what the Bible, it's not political, it talks about what the Bible says about the last days. And I think it's an important subject that we in the church need to know. You know, the Bible talks about the five-fold ministry, about a pastor, about apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and, and it t- says that, that we are given to the church for the equipping of the saints, My job is to equip you for the work of ministry. That's what the Bible tells me. My job is to equip you. But if I did not equip you, if I did not, if if I remained silent over certain subjects and over certain issues, I would not be doing my job of equipping you. And there are things in the times that we live that we all need to be aware of. Uh, And, you know, even in situations where we try to do good, You know, this ministry is here for the good of this community. It's here for the good of this community. And there are times that that when we even try to do good, that that the enemy will try to come in and and do things like this with our with our bank accounts and 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 so forth. And this last Thursday, the very day we started discovering all of these, we we had a problem on Monday. We thought it was isolated. We took care of that. But by Thursday, all these other things started happening with our bank account. And uh, on Thursday, this happened. I had stopped off at Starbucks to study. I had 
some time between appointments and I just needed to study, so I stopped there to study. There was this young girl, she had a, about a maybe a seven or eight year old daughter with her and you could tell they had been traveling and she was sitting there and she was she went around and she was asking people something I didn't know at the time what she was asking people but everybody would stop and say no and finally she came over to me she sat down and she says can I just use your phone I've lost my phone I've run out of money and I need to get home to Ohio and I stopped, and this is on the very day all of this is happening. And I'm thinking, oh, man, our phones today are not just phones, you know. I mean, things can happen. And, and, and so in my heart, I'm talking with her at the same time going, Holy Spirit, guide me. And I stopped, and I, and I, I said, look, I said, I'm a little leery. I've just had gone through this with bank accounts. I said, but if you'll sit here, I'll let you use my phone. If you'll write down your name and your phone number, even though you lost your phone, I want to help you. So she she got on the phone. She called her bank or something, and they they couldn't help her, wouldn't help her over the phone. And she got off. She was just she was kind of distraught looking. And I said, "What do you need?" She goes, "I need to get some money from a friend at home so that I can get home." And I said, "Have you ever called Western Union?" And she goes, I don't even know what Western Union is. So I told her, they, eventually they Googled it, found it. She came back over to me. She goes, I've got money coming to Western Union. I'm going to make it. She said, thank you. Now, I, here's what I thought. I know, I, I, I know that this is a story that maybe doesn't even sound relevant. But what was relevant was because of my fear on one side of our banks being breached and all of this, our bank accounts, I almost missed the opportunity to to help this one girl, to help her and her daughter. And the point is this, that at one point I stopped and I said, look, I'm a pastor. I gave her my card. I said, if there's anything else you need, just call me. I gave her my cell number. Call me. And so she, she never called. But I walked back out. She told me, she said, um, she said that, that she, that she gave me the name of the church that she goes to back at home. So I walked out and I'm getting in my car and looked down at her car because she was parked right next to me and it was packed full of stuff. You could tell they'd been traveling. But there was a Bible on the front seat and it was sitting there with papers just stacked inside the Bible like it was a well-used Bible. And you know, the thought came to my mind that, that because I stopped and said, Holy Spirit, guide me through this that the Lord did guide me through it, and I was able to help somebody. I I say all that today because even when doing good, sometimes the enemy will try to turn it for evil. God turns all things, even evil, he'll turn to good. But the enemy will take good and try to turn it to evil. And the times that we live in, these are crazy times, and we've been talking over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the times and the seasons that we live in, and I believe it's important for us to understand the times and seasons. First Chronicles 12.32 speaks of the sons of Issachar who had an understanding of the times and seasons, for they knew, they wanted to know what Israel should do. In other words, they needed to know what to do so they had, and they, because they had an understanding of the times and seasons. Esther 1.13 speaks of the king and that the, that the king's wise men understood the times so that they could advise the king. You see, these people had an understanding of the, the times and the seasons because they needed to know what to do, how to guide people. You see, we in the church today, We all must have an understanding 
of the times and the seasons. We must be knowledgeable of the word, what God has to say about the times that we live in. Why? So we will know what to do. How many of you are listening to me this morning? Amen. Today, I want to share with you three promises of the last days. How many know there is a thing called the last days in the Bible? How many know that? How many know whether you believe it or not, there is a time that the Bible says the, 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 the world as we know it today will end. It's called the last days. These are three promises of the last days and they're biblical promises. They're promises of God. And you know what that means? They will happen. God promises when, you know, the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. In other words, they, they will they will happen. The first promise I want to share with you is the promise of difficult times. Hear me, church, when I say this. Doesn't, this doesn't encourage you. This is not a word of encouragement. Uh, in this promise, it's not a word of encouragement, but it is a promise that, that we all know these are things that will take place. Jesus speaks of the last days in Matthew 24, verse, starting with the verse four. Listen to what he says. Take heed that no one deceives you. How do you take heed that no one deceives you? You've got to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've got to call on the voice of the Holy Spirit so that no one can deceive you. He says, verse 5, For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. What that means, the end is not, that means that we're going to experience those things. But that's not the end yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. You know what famines means? Scarcity of food. You know, there's right now we hear a lot of rumors of famine, don't we? That there will be scarcity of food for whatever reason that will, there will be. That, and says that there will be famines and pestilence. Pestilence means disease and sickness. How many hear about disease and sickness? How many have experienced sickness? How many we've, this is, these are things that are taking place. There will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. How many of you know that in the last 30 days, there have been 116 earthquakes of the magnitude of five and six around the world? that most of us don't hear about. Earthquakes are becoming so commonplace in our world that you don't even hear about them that much anymore, especially with all the news of, of the pestilence, if you will, the diseases and the sicknesses and the, the economy and the scarcity of food. You don't hear about the earthquakes, but there's been 116 in the last 30 days. Verse eight, Jesus continues, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. They're the beginnings of difficult times, okay? Now, remember, these are promises. This is a promise that God makes to us. These things will take place. And he says, when you see what we've just talked about, it's the beginning of difficult times. Verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. The word tribulation speaks of pressure. They will pressure you. You will be pressured to do one thing or another. How many understand that in the last days, you cannot give in to the pressures of the world? You cannot risk be giving in to the pressures of the world. They will deliver you up to tribulation and will kill or destroy you. 
and you will be hated or despised by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Anybody, anybody experience easily offended people in the, in the days we live? Okay. Verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There's that word, deceive. Three times in this passage, in these passages, three times the word deception. Deception is going to be a major aspect. You won't know what to believe and what is true. How will you know it? By the voice of the Holy Spirit, who is truth. It's the only way. There are times that you will be, that the enemy will try to deceive. Three times. There is an attempt to deceive you. Verse 12, and because lawlessness, anybody noticed any lawlessness in our world? Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, people, their love was gonna grow cold because of all the lawlessness taking place in the world. But he who endures, say that, he who endures, He who endures, that means stands firm, perseveres to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end shall be saved. And don't forget this last part. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. We must continue to share Jesus No matter how bad the world gets or how difficult the times, we must continue to share Jesus. These are all promises of difficult times. But in the middle of this, these ominous, these, this ominous prophecy, if you will, in the middle of this scary and ominous word, Jesus says, see to it that you're not troubled. Do not be troubled. That's, that's Jesus' word. How many, how many know when Jesus says something like that, do not be troubled, it can give you great peace. Just keep saying, no, Jesus says, don't be troubled. Jesus said, don't be troubled. He's saying there is don't let all this stress, don't let all this distress make you anxious, even now or when it comes, don't be troubled by it. When you hear the news, don't let it trouble you. Why? Because Jesus is telling us don't be troubled. Why? Because Jesus is our peace. Why? Because our trust is in Jesus. Is anyone hearing me in this? Something I've noticed with everything taking place in our world today, with COVID and inflation and politics and lies and deception, and how many know that there's a lot of deception going on, right? With all of this stuff taking place, people are exhausted. People are exhausted when, and and it is exhausting when you're constantly bombarded with all of this stuff. When you turn on the news, wherever you go, whatever you see, people talking about it every place. It's, they're bombarded with this stuff and it's exhausting. People are living life like on a treadmill today. And, and it's exhausting trying to keep up with it all. How many of you catch yourself trying to keep up with everything because there's so much more you have to deal with in this world? I'm going to tell you the work that we've had to do in the last few days with the banks, like everything else stopped. We had to stop and deal with all these issues. It's like keeping up. It's, it's like a treadmill. People are not sleeping well. People are not resting. People are tired. You see... 
The times and seasons we live in are difficult and they're exhausting. They're exhausting. Jesus says, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Here's the encouraging part. The second promise of the last days. The promise of rest. The promise of rest. In the middle of all this exhausting news, there is a promise of rest. Hebrews 4.1 says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Did you hear that? It still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. This promise, what he says, this promise of rest, the rest of God, God's promise, the rest in Jesus Christ, it still stands today in the midst of all this. It still stands tomorrow. It still stands as we walk through and navigate all the difficult times ahead. Again, the difficult times are a promise made in the Bible. We will go through them. We will experience them. Are you hearing me? It's a promise. But his promise of rest in the middle of it still stands. The only thing we have to fear, he says here, is that some of us, some of you, some people may not experience his rest. You see, some, uh, some people might fail to experience his rest. And I hope you're hearing this carefully because some, some of us, some of you may fall victim to fear and worry. Don't do it. Remember his rest. Some of you might fall in the trap of, of this treadmill of the world that leaves you exhausted. Because once you get on that treadmill and it's worrying, it's how do I combat this? How do, it, once your, your focus begins to be turned on the, the problems and the issues of the world, when you once get on that treadmill, it's exhausting. How do we get off the treadmill? How do we protect ourselves from the worries of life in this age? How do we experience the promise of his rest in this season and in the season to come? Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty. listen to this. This is his promise of rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of people that are weary and burdened, exhausted, and tired, worried. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's the words of Jesus. That's his promise of rest. We must learn that our rest is in Jesus. Our trust is in Jesus. Our rest is not in the ways of the world, church. Our rest is not in the ways of, we are not to yoke or harness ourselves with the pursuits of this world. Hear me in this. It is one of the things that's gonna grow more and more profound is the world saying, if you got wanna deal with this, you gotta do this. And the whole idea in the pursuit of the world is to get your eyes off of Jesus, get your eyes off the promises of God and to get you onto that treadmill of life that will leave you worried, exhausted and burdened. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. He says, Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, and this is Steve Johnson version. He says, and I'll take care of the rest. 
He says, if we'll learn to keep our eyes on him, keep our eyes on his kingdom, his righteousness, he'll take care of the rest. You see, it's, the fact is that when we get our eyes off Jesus and off the pursuits of God and, and the pursuit of the Holy Spirit, when we get our eyes off that and we, and we get caught up in this treadmill of the world and the worry, the news, the, the, the fear, and all of the stuff takes place, then what have we done? We've taken our eyes off the source of rest and we'll end up tired and exhausted, burdened, overwhelmed, exhausted with life. You say, when you pursue, well, 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 how's that? I got, I got tea up here anyway. If you pursue the way of the world, you will be weary and burdened. You'll be a prime candidate for Jesus's rest. Can you hear me? If you pursue Jesus and his kingdom, you'll find rest for your souls, he says. See, in the middle of these these days and in the middle of the, the future difficult times and seasons, Jesus says, come to me. Just come to me. Keep coming to me. Keep coming to me. And you'll find rest for your souls. You'll find rest. The third promise of the last days that I want you to see this morning is the promise of revival. Say revival. Acts 2.17, beginning there, it says, in the last days... God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke sounds ominous, but this is God's ominous. This is not the world, right? And the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I say it again to you, church. Don't quit sharing Jesus. When you see people that are weary, burdened, distraught, lead them to Jesus. Talk to them about Jesus. Why? Because in these days, everyone who turns and calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, will be saved. If they don't, they won't be saved. You could determine, your actions could determine the destiny, the eternal destiny of somebody today. Are you hearing me, church? See, revival means, this promise of revival means people will be enlivened. They'll be awakened. The the true meaning of of revival means to be quickened, to be quickened to our true nature and our true created purpose. How many know that we have a lot greater uh, nature than what we experience here in the earth? That God's nature is our nature, that we are called to, to take on, we are created in his image and his likeness. Our, he, and revival means that we, as he pours out his spirit, we will be quickened in this, and, and, and to know our true nature, the true nature of, and our created purpose. How many know that God has placed us here for a created purpose, for an eternal purpose, and we must continue to stay true to that? Are you hearing me, church? The Lord's promise in the midst of all these difficult days is when we turn, we turn away 
from the ways of the world and we come to Jesus and we keep coming to Jesus, the Lord's promise is he will respond by pouring out his spirit. You see, I believe that the, that the waves of difficult times, the waves of these things that, that we see that are going to take place, that are promised that will take place, the purpose of that is to call, is to drive all of us to say, I've got to find Jesus. I've got to come to Jesus. I've got to, I've got to set my heart on him. I've got to turn my back on all of the ways of the world, and I've got to put my pursuit in pursuing Jesus. And his response is, he says, now I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Are you hearing me, church? I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come on back up. But here in these three passages that I've read to you this morning, these three things, the promise of difficult times, the promise of rest, and the promise of revival, these are promises that will take place because they're biblical promises. God promises these things. Difficult times will come to pass. Are you hearing me, church? Difficult times will come to pass. Revival will take place. Those are things that are, are promised. But between the difficult times and the pouring out of God's spirit, there's a choice that we must make, that people must make, and that choice is, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Our choice is to come to him. Our choice is to turn away from the ways of the world. Our, joy, to, our choice is to constantly, every day, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. In spite of all the stuff going on in the world, in spite of everything that's taking place, keep coming to Jesus, keep coming to Jesus. You see, there's two things. There's action, our action. Turn and come to Jesus. And then there's the posture that we come in. When we turn and we come to Jesus, he says, I will give you rest. Our posture for these last days must be rest. Are you hearing me? We must keep coming to Jesus. He'll give us rest because our posture for these last days must be the posture of rest. Got to come to Jesus. People have to come to Jesus. People we see, must we must lead them to Jesus. You see, to navigate these times and seasons, to be a part of this revival he speaks of. How many want that revival so much? How many want to be a part of his outpouring? How many want to be a part of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days? How many of you hunger and thirst and love the, the idea and the, the, the promise that he will pour out his spirit? If you are, here's three things I want to just share with you real quick. Your eyes and your heart must be fixed on Jesus so nothing can pry you away. Second is you must love and trust Jesus and God's plan for your life more than you love your love, your life and trust yourself. I'm going to say that again to you because that's a real critical part of this. You must love Jesus and trust God's plan for your life more than you love yourself or trust your own plan for your life. Are you hearing me, church? The third thing is Jesus must be the sole center of your eternal hope. Your hope cannot be in the next doctor. Your hope cannot be. I'm not saying go, go to doctors. I believe in them. What I'm saying is your eternal hope 
Your sole eternal hope must be in Jesus. You must be firm like a rock in that. Are you hearing me, church? Now, there's one more promise I want to give you. I told you three, but it's actually four, and then I'm closed. Okay? Here's the last promise. Jesus is coming back. It's a promise. He said, I will return. It's a promise. Our eternal hope, our blessed hope is the Bible. Our blessed hope is Jesus is coming back. But I'm going to tell you, church, all of these other things will take place. And to realize this blessed hope of him returning for the church, for returning for all of us, is we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Would you close your eyes and let's bow your heads in prayer. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, today. Lord, for the promises of your word. I thank you for your word, the power of your word. I thank you that your word is alive, that it's not just words on a page, but it's alive. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, this morning to just speak your words into each of our hearts. Lord, these words this morning, just, Lord, allow them to to fill each of our hearts and minds, Lord, that your word would change us. Lord, that your word would cut through the chase. Your word would cut through the distraction. Your word would cut through the fear, cut through all of the issues of this world. And Lord, would cause us to sit up, pay attention, and to realize, Lord, Lord, that you are our hope. I pray, Father, that you, right now, in each of our lives, whether you're here in this house or whether you're joining us online, I'm praying for you. And right now, I'm going to ask you all just to stand to your feet, lift your hands. Here's the prayer that I want to close with today. It's not my prayer over you. It's your prayer to God. Listening online, if you're watching online, listen and pray. Pray this, Lord Jesus, I turn to you today. I turn my back on all the stuff in the world, on all the ways of the world. I turn my heart, my mind, my eyes towards you. From this day forward, I am fixed on you in Jesus' name. God, I ask you, give me rest. For for the seasons we're in and the seasons to come, give me rest, Lord. Rest for my soul. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would, as you send your Holy Spirit in this last day revival, Lord, that I would be included in that. Lord, that I would experience the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would use me, pray this church, use me to change the world. Use me to change others' lives. Use me, Lord, to preach the gospel in these last days so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that today.